0: We're together again Just praising the Lord We're together again In one accord Something good is going to happen Something good is in store Just praising. Just praising the Lord We're together again In one accord Oh, something good is going to How do you believe that? Something good is in store We're together again Let's sing
1: it one more time.
0: We're together again. Just praising the Lord. We're together again. again just praising the Lord
1: give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning I mean he's glad to be in the house of the Lord if you're glad to be in the house of the Lord say praise the Lord amen that says something good is going to happen something good is in store it's been little services just like this right here that people have been healed, that their lives have been saved, that bills have been met, that any problems that people have faced, just little services like this, God has moved on the scene in a mighty way. We're no different here this morning. Whatever your need may be, whatever you may be going through, something good is going to happen. Do you believe it? Give him another hand clap of praise.
0: Amen. Amen. I
1: just. Earlier this week, I listened to the news and stuff and people talking about the Hall of Fame and how some of these athletes and things were doing thing that was going to live on in infamy. And I thought, yeah, until this whole place burns, then it won't be remembered ever again. But I never shall forget the day that the Lord saved me. That day will live on forever and ever. How many is glad you've been saved? Do you remember when the Lord saved you and took your sins from you? Well, I never shall
0: forget the day when all the burdens of my soul rolled away. It makes me happy, glad, and free. I'll sing and shout it for he's everything Oh, sing that again Oh, I never shall forget the day When all the burdens of my soul rolled away It makes me happy, glad, and free I'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me Long years ago when out in sin I had no hope No peace within Down on my knees In agony I prayed to Jesus And he glad Oh, hallelujah Oh, I never shall forget the day When all the burdens of my soul were rolled away it makes me happy, glad, and free. I'll sing and shout it for He's everything to me. Now I can feel Him by my side. My people steps, He comes to guide. When trials come, He comforts me through faith in Him. Or sin, I. Of the victory, and I never shall forget the day when all the burdens of my soul rolled away. It makes me happy, glad, and free. I'll sing and shout it, for He's everything to me. Oh, sinner, come to Jesus now. At His dear feet Just humbly bow I'll confess to Him Your every sin He'll save you, cleanse you Give you joy and peace within Oh, and I never shall Forget the day When all the burdens of my soul Rolled away It makes me happy be glad and free i'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me oh i never shall forget the day when all the burdens of my soul go away it makes me happy glad and free i'll sing and shout it for he's everything to me would not be denied no I would not be denied till Jesus came and made me whole I would not be denied oh in pains of death seized on my soul unto the Lord Jesus came and made me whole. I would Said our Lord was gone And would not hear my prayer Oh, but praise the Lord The work is done Now sing it like this. No, I will not be denied. No, I will not be denied. Till Jesus comes and makes me whole, I would not be denied. One more time now.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Brother Aaron, why would anybody want to live any other kind of life than what we've got right here? It just makes no sense to me. I have decided
0: to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. Just take this whole world, but give me Jesus Oh, take this whole world, but give me Jesus Just take this whole world, but give me Jesus I won't turn back, I won't turn back Oh, I have started for the kingdom started for the kingdom. Oh, I have started for the kingdom. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Though none go with me Still I will follow I won't turn back I won't turn back Oh, it's a great thing To be a Christian Oh, it's a great thing To be a Christian Yes, it's a great thing to be a Christian I won't turn back, I won't turn back Oh, I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I won't turn back I won't turn back Because He lives I can face tomorrow Because Oh. Let's just say it one more time now. Think about these words, Saints. Oh because he
1: lives. I can face no matter what you're having to face tomorrow, with him you can face it full on. Oh because he lives.
0: No fear of sickness, no fear of death. All fear is gone. No fear of dying lost.
1: For the Lord. I have a request here that says, uh, Please pray for my Aunt Doris and her family. She's in the hospital. She's the only aunt I have living. Her family is taking it very hard. Doctors not expecting her to live may be passed today. God bless. And that's from Sister Connie. Also uh, from Sister Chanel says, Please pray for my uncle. He is in ICU with a brain bleed, and they found an aneurysm in his aorta. And please pray for my cousin Karen. She has been diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. We certainly want to remember that. I'd also like to ask you to remember um, the company that I work with, our shop up in New York, had uh, a 27-year-old young man uh, that just promoted him to a foreman up there in the shop, and he had just gotten married and uh, they've got a brand new baby on the way and he was uh, tragically killed in a car accident. Um, so his, um, his wife is obviously taking it very hard with this, this baby on the way. And Just like for you to remember that family and all the co-workers up there. Um, also, just remember our pastor and family who's away. There's quite a few that's not with us today that's traveling. I know there's many sick among us. Many people have needs, unspoken requests. Amen. The wonderful thing is, is He knows all about them. And He had an answer for them before the foundation of the world. So that the answer's already there. You just, you just got to reach out and take it. Brother Mark, if you would, just take these requests.
2: Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, it's a good thing the Lord to gather together here in your presence, Father. Lord, you said as the time's approaching, Father, that fail not to gather yourself. And in obedience to your word, Lord, we are here today looking forward to what you have for us, Lord, that we may learn and, and, and that our faith may be increased, that we may know how to be a better son and daughter of God. I pray, Lord, that you'll forgive us of all our sins, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for your blessings upon our lives that daily help us through, Lord, the circumstances and situations that come up. Father, it's only by your strength, Lord, and your help that we make it through each day. Father, these requests that was made mentioned, we pray that you'll grant each father for Sister Connie, Lord, and and Sister Chanel, these desperate requests, Lord, loved ones. Father, not uh, expected to live and uh, with cancer and different uh, situations. Lord, we pray that you'll, Father, intervene, Lord. And only you, Father, can help Father, when we've reached this stage, Father, when no man, no doctor can help, Father, and we look to you. I pray that you will help each, Lord, every grieving heart. We pray that you'll comfort every need and every fear we pray you'll come lord we thank you lord for this great revelation lord of what you've given us in this end time lord open our eyes to see it sure is a privilege lord it's and as we sung father it's a great thing to be a christian there's no better walk in this life or a better calling in this life and to live for you and we thank you for that privilege and the opportunity lord to do that Lord, we look forward to the coming of the word. We pray you'll bless your servant, Lord, as he delivers his heart, Lord. We pray that you'll take these words, may it fall into our heart, Lord, and accomplish great things for the kingdom of God and bring glory and honor to your name. We commit this service into your hand, Lord. Come and bless, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mark. You may be seated. We want to, uh,
1: Welcome all of our visitors here today. Like I said, we have quite a few that's that's not here, but we got visitors, and uh, appreciate uh, me putting Brother Micah on the spot here. Very, very talented musician, and uh, I didn't really give him a chance to say no, so I appreciate him. I don't I don't count him as a visitor anymore. um I was thinking this. Uh, I don't have any special, so I'm going to try to to do one here. Uh, I was thinking, I've uh, been thinking for a while, you know, I, I've seen these, uh, you see these packages and things and you go to the grocery store, vacuum sealed and sealed. And, and I've often kind of wondered about that. And, you know, the, the beauty of that is, is that product that's on the inside of that has been sealed so that nothing on the outside can get in. But the beauty of it is, is what's on the inside too cannot get out. When you get sealed with the Holy Ghost, not only are you sealed and protected from what's on the outside, but your heart no longer has that desire to get back out to what's outside. Isn't that a wonderful... People ask me, how do I... How do I know that God is real? How do I know that this message is real? Because I know what I was before I got sealed. And I know what I am after I got sealed. And only a supernatural change, Brother Aaron, could have changed this old wretch like me. I'd like to sing that song, I think, in the key of G. Brother Matt. I've been sealed. If you know it, sing it along with me.
0: Well, I know I've been sealed till the day of redemption. How many's been sealed? Jesus will come. I'm gonna live with the saints In glory someday Oh, let's sing it again Oh, I know I've been sealed Yes, I have Till the day of redemption One day Jesus will come And He'll take me away In a beautiful mansion. I'm gonna live with the saints in glory someday. How many was here? My life was all of bread, and it was burdened with care. I had no one to come. My poor soul within, and I was drifting apart on oh, life's stormy sea. My life was so dark. on the cross to save sin's sick souls from a world which was lost and I called on Jesus his precious blood covered me and Jesus lifted my burden Set me free Oh now thank God I've been seen till the day of redemption one day Jesus. saying now. I thank God I've been sealed till the day of redemption. One day Jesus will come and he'll take us away and forever I'll live in a beautiful mansion. Gonna live with the saints in glory someday Let's all stand and sing it now Oh, I thank God I've been sealed I've been sealed, I've been sealed Till the day of redemption One day Jesus will come And He'll take me away
1: I've been sealed till the day of redemption. Amen. Let's have our ushers come at this time and we'll receive our morning tithe and offering. Sis, bring that song up, uh, an old account, settled. I'm just feeling happy about my sins being gone this morning. I'm just so excited. Brother Andy, if you would bless this. Hey, man, before we have Brother uh, Chris come out, let's just sing this song. I just feel like singing this.
0: There was a time on earth when in the book of heaven An old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven My name was at the top and many things below I went unto the keeper and settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago. And the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away. When the old account was settled long ago was large and growing every day For I was always sinning and never tried to pray But when I looked ahead and saw such pain and woe I said that I would settle and I settled long ago Long ago, long ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For he washed my sins away And the old account was settled long ago When at the judgment bar I stand before my king And he the book will open He cannot find a thing Then will my heart be glad While tears of joy will flow Because I had it settled Had it settled long ago Long ago Long ago ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For he washed my sins away When the old account was long ago I like this one When in that happy home my Savior's home above, I'll sing redemption story and praise Him for His love I'll not forget that book with pages white as snow because I came and settled and settled long ago, long ago Long ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For he washed my sins away When the old account was settled Oh, sing that chorus again Oh, long ago Long ago Yes, the old account was settled long ago And the record's clear today For He washed my sins away When the old account was settled long ago
3: Hallelujah
1: Amen We're going to have Brother Chris come at this time I certainly am looking forward to To hearing Brother Chris I've known him for a pretty good while through Winter Youth Retreat when he was just really a youngster, and uh, I've had the—it's been such a blessing seeing the Lord work in these young men's lives and how they move on, and some of them become ministers and just wonderful musicians and youth leaders and incredible husbands and family men, and and Brother Chris has certainly come come right along and uh, started out. Originally from Alaska, right? Then moved to uh, Arizona. Was it Arizona? And now he went halfway back. He's back in Idaho. So I guess Idaho's the best of both worlds there. But we're certainly thrilled to have him with us here today. And I just encourage you to come, open your hearts, and receive. The answer you're looking for may come from Brother Chris through God today. So um, just lay all your burdens at the cross. And receive what the Lord has for you As Brother Chris comes, let's just sing this Falling in love
0: With Jesus Falling in love With Jesus Falling in love With Jesus Jesus Was the best thing I've ever ever done in his arms I feel protected in his arms I'm never disconnected in his arms I feel Protected, and there's no place I'd ever rather be falling in love.
3: Oh
4: Times with Micah on the base. Amen. It's really good to be a Christian. I love serving the Lord, and um, I am uh, honored that Brother Barry would have the confidence to have us speak, especially while he is away. (laughs) But um, there's been a little bit of confusion about where I'm from, apparently. But I think Brother Keith straightened it out. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Alaska. Uh, my great-grandfather came up the highway back in the 40s on my dad's side. And then uh, we moved to Arizona in 2017. Your brother Ron there for a few years. And now we're settled down, um, putting our roots down in Idaho, um, tearing with my my uncle there um, at Grace Tabernacle. Brother Paul Haylet, he made sure to ask that I send greetings to you all. Um, and, uh, you know, Brother, talking to Brother Barry yesterday, he said also to say hello. So uh, send the greetings from there. And um, I've enjoyed myself. I've been, for the past week, the, Brother Jeremy and Sister Julia have hosted me. And y'all are, uh, have a wonderful family there, here. And, and uh, just got to have lunch with Brother John the other day. And just enjoying everyone I've met here so far. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to get into the Word this morning. I stole something from Brother Jewel a long time ago. There's two things you can't do with a coat on. That's uh, fight and preach, and today we're doing both. So if you have your Bibles you want to stand up with me, we're going to turn to Hebrews chapter 11. very familiar set of scriptures here. Hebrews chapter eleven, and we're going to start in verse thirty-two. Eleven thirty-two. The Bible says, "And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel, and of the prophets." And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise." God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Even let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful, Lord Jesus, to be called children of the King. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us this morning, Lord, that you would take these words, Father, anoint them, Lord, as they are your words. The living, breathing Word of God. Father, for it is that vehicle that moves into the heart, Lord. We can hear words and great orators to receive intellectual stimulation, but this morning we want everything down in the heart, Lord. Father, we want you to change us, Lord. We want you to draw us nearer, Father, into your bosom more. Lord, for it is in your arms that we feel protected. God, we we can wonder sometimes, Lord, how you would see it fit to choose us. But, Lord, we are so thankful for your grace, Lord Jesus. We stand here today not of our own doing, Father, but it's your grace. Lord, that you called us before the world was set in order. Father, and we are here today right in our position. And Father, if there be any of your children this morning who are out of their position, may you guide them, Lord, into exactly where you want them to be, Father. Lord, we ask that you would just take this vessel for your glory. Do your bidding this morning. Father, we also take every spirit contrary to the word of God and bring it underneath the control of the Holy Spirit as the power of you had given us as your children to do so. May you speak to us this morning, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. If you have your Bible still open, we're going to read the next three verses of chapter 12. we seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto, let us run with patience. Remember that part. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds but so my title this morning is their finest hour and my subtitle is the joseph effect in 1 corinthians chapter 15 Verse 57 to 58. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know... We read here in Hebrews 11, and many times when we take Hebrews 11, we talk about the faith, the faith of Noah, the faith of Abraham, the faith of, of everyone in that, in that scripture. And then we, we talk about those who were, were striving and, and, and going through great hardship and being sawn asunder and, and all that, that uh, tr- atrocities that happened, and, and, and yet they did not obtain the promise. In other words, today you, what you have in the, the open word is the promise they were striving for. And so it is with us our duty, our responsibility to receive that promise in honor of what they went through. Because they, without us, are not made perfect. That's to bring down the, uh, the, the climax of, of the ages. But if you read a little bit further in the next chapter, it says we are compassed about a, with a cloud of witnesses. And, and that we must be patient. To run the race. And then if, if we're gonna get weary and we're gonna feel down, we gotta remember what Christ endured. He was, he had to deal with, and if you look up the, the word here, um, contradiction of sinners, that's rebellion or opposition. He had to deal with rebellion of the very people he came to break his body for, rebelled against the word he gave them. And we have a hard time when our family member won't hear us. So he's saying, unless you be wearied, unless you be faint in your mind or in your spirit or, or in your, your, your conscience, unless you be, get weak, remember what Christ endured. In other words, not like, not to say, not to discredit the hardship you are feeling, but to have the confidence that Christ went through it himself. And I was talking the other day and I said, you know, there is nothing you experience in your life, man, woman, child, whatever, that Christ Himself did not experience. If there was anything missing, He didn't do His work. But he, we know He did. So anything you go through, you gotta think, oh, I, 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 this is a unique situation, and, 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 and there, there's no answer. No, there's always an answer. There's always an answer, and something that struck me the other day. I was, I was, uh, as I was thinking about, you know, uh, especially today that we live in, and this ties right in with what we're going to be talking about this morning, is is an endurance, is is patience to continue to run the race, and and sometimes in, in following, in following Christ, we don't always understand, but we must always understand to follow. So you begin to question things. Don't stop following. Just keep walking on. God will give you the answer. And if he doesn't, God is God and we are not. Because every, every question will be answered, if not here, then in glory. Brother Benham says in An Uncertain Sound, 1961, What if I bought my little boy a bicycle? And this quote might seem out of place right now, but it, you'll get it in a second. Or he, or what, So what if I bought my little boy a bicycle And he throwed it back in my face and said, I don't want that thing. Unappreciated. What if you bought your little girl a little doll and she picked it up and throwed it back at you? Ungrateful. See, that's the way we are when we try to live under the privileges that God gave us. Christ died that we might have these privileges. The privilege what? It's a fill in the blank. Whatever it is, you put it in there. You write it in there. Revelation, healing in your body, deliverance, saving of a loved one. You, those are your privileges. It is, not, it is not arrogance to say, God promised. It is not arrogance to say, no, I don't accept that, because God said otherwise. It is standing in humble confidence, knowing who you are. Brother man preaches the message, perseverance, and he says, and when a man takes a word of God... No matter how little that faith is, I, I said to the church back home the other day, you know, every single one of you, and I say to you this morning, every single one of you has faith. You here today, Amen. you have faith. If you if you feel like, oh, you, you want to say, Lord, I don't have any faith, give me faith. Instead, recognize the faith that you have that has been placed within you since before the foundation of the world, and say, God, strengthen my faith. Amen. See, Brother Banner said, "Didn't excuse me." Jesus didn't say, "Oh, you of no faith." He said, "Oh, you of little faith." In other words, you have faith. They, the disciples, had faith to to put down their career, to lay down their career, and just walk after God, walk after Jesus, a man they didn't actually technically know. And if you look at history, there was a lot of people that came up and said, "I am the Messiah." So here's another one. (laughs) But see, there was something in them that connected with the Spirit of Christ. And they were able to step out in faith, so they ha- you have faith. And I think that's a, a, that's a confidence booster, to understand that you have faith. You just sometimes need God to strengthen that faith. Amen. And we all know how faith comes, by the hearing of the Word of God. Amen. So he says, when man takes a Word of God, no matter how little that faith is, but if it, but if it won't mix with any unbelief, it will bring him out to the light. Some of us has great faith that'll just perform miracles. Some has faith just to hold on till it happens. But if it's genuine faith, once a hold of it, there's nothing going to shake you from it. It ain't going to mix. You know, I think it's a pit bull. They can lock their jaw if they bite something. They can lock their jaw and they'll die. Latched on. That's the kind of faith that's the kind of faith you want. And so you latch on to the word of God. And no matter what happens, God loves the impossible. God lo- you know why he loves the impossible? Because it brings him even more glory. Even more glory. And don't let the devil take a testimony from you. You know, after it happens and in the moment, wow, my goodness, that was impossible. And then a few weeks and a few months you think, oh, well, maybe it was this and maybe it was that. Now stop right there. That's the devil trying to undermine the testimony that God's given you. So he says, uh, it ain't going to mix. Then that person is persistent. He has perseverance. No matter how many people says, the days of miracles have passed, you know, Brother Adam says that a lot because that was what he was dealing with. People was saying, oh, the miracles are past. You know, we've moved on. We're beyond that. We've grown over that. Since when have we grown over the Word of God? Come on. Come on. If God said it in the Bible, well, it's going to be here today because he is Jesus Christ the saying yesterday, today, and forever. But somehow we in our, in our flesh, in our human conscience, in our great intelligence, we think we have arrived to a place where certain scriptures don't apply to us. And yeah, that one was free. I don't know where that came from. He says the days of miracles has passed. So in other words, that's what he was dealing with. We could We could put anything in that quote there today. Oh, you know, we don't need the prophet or we don't need we don't need all these these different things we don 't uh, let's see healing's past supernaturals past well oh, that was just for brother Branham's ministry. Well, I have a quote here that's going to dismantle that maybe i 'll just jump ahead and read it real fast well we'll get to that so he doesn't believe it. He holds on because he's met the conditions and sunk that word into a heart of faith that believes it. And there he stays. We read the scripture in 1 Corinthians. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. He said, Brother Chris, I don't preach. I don't lead songs. I don't play an instrument. But you walk for the Lord. That is the work God has called you to. It's not always that God wants us to be in a position that the rest of man sees. But a position that he alone knows. And you walk in that. Because let me tell you, there's something powerful about somebody who's the unnoticed. And when you meet them and you see them unnoticed, just walking with God. Walking a life that shines. Guess what? God begins to use that because there are sometimes As much as it pains me to say sometimes more approachable than a song leader or a pastor. I don't want to say, I don't mean it like that. You pastor, you want to go to your pastor. I don't mean your pastor is unapproachable. Oh, Lord help me. I'm never coming back. But he's that friend. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to leave that there. If I mess that all up, it'll get fixed up by God's grace. So stand fast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So your labor, you're coming to church on Sunday, you're coming to church on Wednesday, you're going to the Bible study, you're going to this and and these things and being a help and being an encouragement is, is something that God has called you to do and that labor is not in vain. The Lord has been dealing with my heart on this, and 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 to be honest, I'm not exactly sure why just yet. But but if if a preacher hadn't lived it, he's going to. If he's something that he's ministering on, so uh, you know, pray for me because be you weary and well doing. But anyways, um. (laughs) So the labor, your labor is not in vain. We read in Hebrews twelve three. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners. Against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So Christ, consider what he went through. When you're feeling weary and you're feeling down. Yes. Praise the Lord. When you're feeling it, remember, he did too. Amen. Find that perseverance. Find that faith where you can anchor your faith into. And you'll find that perseverance. You know, there, there's a man in the Bible. There's only one verse about him. In Judges 3.31, and, and he, he's, he's preached a lot. And the scripture goes, And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad and he also delivered Israel. Now, Brother Adam says, in God commissioning Moses, then the first thing you know, God began to move on him, Shamgar. I like that. He began to get angry. See, the Bible says, Be ye angry and sin not. Sometimes you've got to get upset. At the devil, how dare you walk on my land? How dare you take from my family? How dare you touch my inheritance? He looked around. He thought, oh my, I'm an Israelite. I'm circumcised. And there's an uncircumcised Philistine coming up there. I'm not a soldier. I ain't got time to go out here and take some lessons and learn how to duel and how to fight. But I tell you, God's my God. So he just reached up there and got an old ox goad. Now, what was the defining moment for Shamgar? What was that what was that 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 time where Shamgar what where Shamgar took that step into victory? What was that defining moment? Oh my, I'm an Israelite. I'm circumcised. A defining moment was when Shamgar testified of who he was. Shamgar's victory was not necessarily the ox code and fighting. His victory was overcoming that doubt. I'm not this. I am. Are you going to accept the devil's version of you? Or are you going to accept God's version of you? In that moment, Shamgar's victory was over himself when he realized, I'm a Christian. I'm a son of God. That's the devil. He has no rights. That is where Shamgar's victory started right there. You could just pack up and go home because that was it right there. And many times people live in defeat. People live thinking, oh, I need to be delivered, when God has already done it, but they're not willing to accept that they're free. Because they have doubts that they're not good enough, or they have a low self-esteem, or different things. You see, God has called you to a humble confidence, knowing who you are in Christ is your greatest victory. The seven church ages... Brother Bernard says, now remember this, Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts, but the book of Revelation shows how that the Antichrist spirit would come into the church and defile it, making it lukewarm, not Baptist, not Methodist, the message church. Making it lukewarm, formal and powerless. It exposes Satan. Revelation exposes Satan, revealing his works, attempted destruction of God's people and a Whoa, a discrediting of God's word. Oh, that's not accurate. Oh, but this over here says, no, that can't be true. When this over here is what? Man's word. Look, this is still here. How has this how has this made it down all these years through all those churches, the Roman Catholic Church and all of that hogwash? How has this because it's God's word. You want to know the Bible's true? It's still here. It's still here. And it's still what God's Word... But man says, one day you'll know that every word in this book is, Thus saith the Lord. See, it exposes Satan discrediting of God's Word right down to the time he is cast into the lake of fire. He fights that. Now, all this quote to say this part. He cannot stand it. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is, that she stands for, that she can do the greater work, she will be an invincible army. You want to be invincible? It's not going to the gym. It's not eating spinach for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Or all the red meat. You want to be invincible? It's finding out. It's accepting who you are. Who God has called you. Because when you when you, when you, you discover, when God gives you a revelation and God gives you the faith to see who you are, guess what? You have identified Christ of the age. Amen. That's a scary one for some people. To say that you are a manifestation of Christ in the flesh. Amen. But if you're not, how can you be married to Christ? Amen. The two shall become one. Amen. Sometimes we just apply that to a man and a woman getting married, but... All of that just types our union with Christ. So whatever scripture you know about marriage in the Bible, guess what? That applies to you and your relationship with Christ. The two shall become one. We are a representation of Christ. And He is also oh so proud of His bride. You're standing in defeat. God's standing there saying, come on. Just recognize who you are. It's not a great thing. Since you don't have to go to a camp and you don't have to go to a revival. You just have to say, God, show me who I am. Show me who I am. You see, once you see who you are, no one else can talk you out of it. That's revelation. That's how revelation is more important to us than we realize. Because when you know... You see, I can't tell my brother here, it's Joe, right? I can't tell him he's not Joe. You know, if, if I try really hard, we might just get in a fight. And that wouldn't end well for me. Because he knows he's Joe. If you know your bride... I can't talk you out of it. And that's the problem. You wonder what happened to some people. They never knew who they were. So something came along that sounded a little bit better. Itching ears. That's what we have today. Itching ears. People want to hear something new. Oh, they singing the same song again. Brother Keith singing that same song again. Itching ears. It's got to be new. Guess what? There's nothing new under the sun. So sorry, I just you know popped your bubble. But that's it right there. So the defining moment for Shamgar was that he recognized, "I am a child of the I Am." Amen. Oh, he knew Prophet Moses. He knew Moses. Moses met the I Am. He got the word of God from the finger of God. Yes. Shamgar had an understanding of the message and what God had called him to. And when he began to see those Philistines coming down the trail to take his food, the Bible says he looked at his family. He looked at his wife and his kids. They're sick, starving, and he said, "They don't have. They don't have another winter in them." They don't have any time in them to continue on. In other words, sometimes God, in order for you to get to, in order for God to get you to recognize who you are, He has to put you in a bind. He's got to put you down to where there's nothing else you can do. Oh, God loves that. I've been listening to the tape. Perfect strength by perfect weakness. It's our weakness that testifies to the glory of God. Because when the rest of the world says there's no way they made it, and then you make it, guess what? It wasn't you? It was God. And you can say, look, look, of God, I'm standing here today in front of you. Not because of my own self, because if it was my own self, I would be who knows where. But it was God's grace. You see, there's a defining moment in a Christian's life. There's a defining moment in your life as you grow up when you recognize a revelation of grace. You want to have compassion for other people and you want to enter into prayer and love for other people. You have to catch a revelation of God's grace in your life. Because as soon as you do, the devil comes around knocking. He says, look, I'm sorry you weren't delivered. You say, I'm sorry, but God's grace took care of that. You see, you recognize God's grace for your life. There's something that moves within your heart. You're not broken hearted in a bad way, but your spirit is soft. Because you realize you are nothing special without God. As soon as the, the way we get off the trail, saints of God, the way we get off the path is we begin to think we're something special. I'm up here preaching, but that doesn't make me better than you. It's just what God said to do. It's just the way God did it. Saints of God, we need to learn to trust God more. When He says, do it this way, we just need to do it that way and stop questioning it. God said, do it, then I'm going to do it. If it sounds crazy, well, just go to the pastor, go to the Bible, go to the message. But when you see it's not contrary to the Word, no matter what anybody says, stand with it. God told me to do something one time it was a defining moment of my life. It was where my life changed and my life turned a corner for good. It was when I did something, everyone said, no, that's not the will of God. How, 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 how have we got to a place where we tell somebody that's not the will of God for your life? If it sounds contrary to the word of God, you have a responsibility to pray for that person. But what the man said, when someone says, oh, it's the will of God, he just stops right there. Let me tell you, if Mary came into church this morning and said, I'm pregnant by an angel, would you believe her? Oh, don't get biased on me. (laughs) If one of these young girls walked in, 14 years old, walked in today and said, oh, I'm pregnant by an angel, would you believe her? If you knew your Bible back then, you knew your scriptures, yes, you would. But don't tell me at first glance you say, right. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You see what? It, that's where we are today. People say, "Oh, pff, I wasn't an angel." Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> it was a rocket. <laughs> Anyways, you see why is a bully so sh- strong? Because he's a lot bigger. But you find Big Brother the same size as the big bully, he's not so bully anymore. So when the prophet's gone, then they come around and oh. And we're not here to defend that because God will take care of that for us. We just got to follow God's word. So Shamgar realized, I am a child of the I am. He realized he was living under privilege. Now, Brother Benham uses the word underprivileged. and we understand what his meaning is. He's meaning we're living below our privileges, right? God's given us promises, and He said, "This is Your word," and then you don't accept that. You're living under privilege. But if you look up the word underprivileged, it actually means needy. You ever found somebody that's needy? He's going to say, "Look, brother, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get over it." There's a need. There's a time just to to bring him in and say. My, you know, just you know, like that. But there's a time to say, "Look, boy, knock it off. You're a man." What did what did you say? Oh, you're way off the left field now, brother Chris. Nah, Job. God says, "Cure yourself like a man, Job, and stand up, because I have something to say unto you." He'd been wallowing in self pity. You say, Job, the prophet, saw the redeemed and all that. Yeah, yeah. He was down in self pity, scraping his boils. Son of God, praise the Lord. I hate you today, brother. Oh, you know it's a trial, but God's grace. God said, I think it was after Elihu. Elihu talks. You want, you want. You know, Job's kind of a hard Bible scripture uh, book to read sometimes. But if you have a Bible that tells you who's talking when, go read the part when Elihu starts to speak. Elihu was a young man, so. Rah. He says, he says. finally he gets a chance to speak, and he says, I've been sitting here respecting you elder men, talking about Job's friends. Job actually was included in that. And he's like, what in the world? Is God not God? When, when did you become better than God? Go read it. This is basically what he says. When did you become better a God that you know more? Didn't God form the heavens? Didn't, didn't God call up the, you know, the, make the horse that would run in battle? And that, that might actually be the section where God's speaking to Job. But he, said, he, said, he begins to rebuke the elders. Just because, you want to respect your elders, but just because someone's been in the message for 40 years and you've been in the message for 10 years means nothing. We're over that, saints of God. We have moved beyond that. It's the revelation that you have. What is the 11th hour worker? It could be Joe here. Full of revelation of God's Word. Years before some of the elders were. Because we're at the end. Listen, this young man here, he needs to have the full revelation of God's Word. If God comes tomorrow, how old are you? Twelve? Guess what? He's going to have revelation of God's Word. The open Word. What? I know some people who have been in the message for 40 years that still don't understand that. Because God is calling us to be prepared for when he comes for us. Where were we? What were we talking about? Elihu. So Elihu begins to rebuke, and then and then God comes along and he says, Stand up, Job. (laughs) Stop being so needy. You have we've given you your word. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, boy. I got something to say to you. And that's when he begins to say, you know, did did you Maybe I can find it really fast. Uh-oh, here we go. Job. This is risky here because then people who are about to fall asleep, just we just lose them. <laughs> 38, chapter 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Boy, is that today. Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who has stretched the line upon it? Come on, Job. If you know it, say it. See what God's doing? He's reminding God, Job who Job is by reminding Job who God is. A little bit farther down the line, it might be in 39. Well, anyways, then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up now thy loins like a man and I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. So anyways, then he goes on to say there's a section in there where he says, Did you create the horse to, to, to stand in battle and, and, and run towards the lance? that is a spear and thundering of his hooves. In other words, God has done all of this. And, and I always go back to this. And I feel like a, a broken record. But sometimes we just have to say, God is God and I am not. Yeah. And we have to just rest. And, 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 and yes, this has to do with the title. The Joseph Effect, if you're wondering, while well, Brother Chris left his notes a long time ago. You see, we have to run with patience. In today, right now, guess what? what's going on? It's the carrying on time. It's time for you to just carry on. Oh, what is this going to happen? And look at this over here and all these distractions. It's just time to carry on. You see, it's not the beginning of the race or the ending of the race that matters. It's the part in between. Because you'll never get to the end unless you just carry on. Oh, the beginning of a race is fantastic. You, 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 People charge out of the finish line off the start gate and they're running as fast as they can and then they get around the corner and they all slow down to pace themselves. You see, there is no ending of the race. The ending of the race is our goal. That is that is the most important thing. I I'm sound like I contradicting myself because that came to me. It is the most important and That's what we're striving for. But you have to carry on. You can't if the race is three miles, you can't run two point nine nine. You will not cross the finish line. Yeah. You say, Oh my goodness, I ran two miles, two point nine nine miles. My goodness. It doesn't matter, even though that last hundred is just a few feet. It doesn't matter. You did not run three miles. You see, it's carrying on. Like right now there isn't you know, when the prophet was here, it was it was great things were happening. The word opening and the and the healing ministry and, and all these things. And then and then Brother Branham passed off the scene, and now you have brothers rising up like our like your pastor here and, and taking the word and begin to 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 take it apart. And God began to reveal the open word, and we had the open word, and we had the revelation. And all these things begin to make sense and begin to understand what exactly the prophet was saying. And there was great movements and men rose up and all this thing. But now we see man has lifted man up and man is falling. And, and there is no big names and, and, and there is none of this stuff happening anymore. Now it's just you and I carrying on. Yeah. This is the time where it's, it, it, it's time to dig in, your, dig in with your heels. Not to be unmovable in the fashion where God would want to move you forward. You see, the Bible says, be steadfast and unmovable. In other words, keep walking the way God has created. Don't just say, well, I have arrived. I shall not be moved. God has more and more and more for you. We're going to be, God is going to be opening Himself up, up to us for eternity. Wrap your mind around that. You know, I one time I had the brilliant idea I was going to walk 50 miles in under 20 hours. It's a challenge out there. I did it in 16 hours and and 2 minutes. At the start, cool, exciting, right? But it was the last 10 miles where I had to just be like, I'm walking. Somebody somebody I was kind of talking to along the way, he's like, just keep walking. And it struck me. I, was, I was, at, that was at mile 35. I was, I hurt. Go try to do it sometime. <laughs> well, I couldn't walk when I got done. But at mile 35, I was like, this is, like, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I'm just, just walking, you know, walking the white line, the side of the road. And he texts me. He's like, just keep walking. He's not even a believer. But it struck me. Just keep walking. You say, oh, it's hard right now. I don't understand. I have good friends that now are on opposition against me. Just keep walking. Amen. Keep carrying on. Amen. Now remember our title was Their Finest Hour and the Joseph Effect. Just keep walking on. In Genesis chapter 37, we pick up the story of Joseph. We'll try to, for time's sake, I don't even know how long I've been preaching. We pick up the story of Joseph in chapter 37. We'll kind of just skim through it for, for the sake of time. But um, he's 17 years old and he begins to have these dreams. And he, and he sees, you know, he sees his brother's with their sheaves and all their sheaves bow down to him, and, and then he, he tells them, and they hate him even more. And then, and then he has the dream of the sun and the moon and the stars bowing down. And, and, and then his father's like, "Wow, okay. Now, so now me and your mom need to pay, uh, um, obese or whatever it is, um, pay you homage and bow down to you." So he says that, but then but the Bible says Jacob takes it to his heart. And, and so then Jacob says, you know, go out and, and and go look at your brothers, go, go see how they're doing with the flocks and, and go take care of them. Now, I want you to, I want you to key in here. He has these dreams. He has this, this prophecy. And it begins to, the very, the very dreams and him telling the dream begins to set them in motion. Begins to set that prophecy in motion. And then you think, why would, why would Jacob send Joseph alone to his brothers when, look, Jacob wasn't dumb. He knew his sons hated Joseph. As a parent, you just know that kind of stuff. <laughs> you have that insight. And 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 so he sends them off alone to see how they are. And Joseph goes and they say, and they say one to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. We're in 37, verse 21. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him. So they throw him in the pit. They catch him, they strip his coat off of him, and they throw him in the pit. And then here comes along some Ishmaelite uh, traders, Midianites. And they take Joseph off to Egypt. Now here is a young man who did not do anything wrong. Yet, his entire life was dismantled in one afternoon. Imagine your brothers throwing you in a pit for good. Not for jokes, not for laughs, for good. And then selling you... To a human trafficker. That is what happened. So here's Joseph. Life turned upside down. In, an, in a moment. He's walking up to his brothers. Hey bro. Boom. He's in the pit. Then he's. The, it, they sold it to slave traders. You see what was happening. They said. They said in verse 20. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. They were fighting against prophecy. But in doing so, fulfilled prophecy. In doing so, they fulfilled prophecy. They set in motion the events that would bring Joseph's dreams to pass. You cannot conquer, thus saith the Lord. It will happen. And I don't care if you know it happened. It will happen. Maybe you don't need to know. Guess what? God's going to show you what you need to see. Other than that, don't worry about it. Just keep walking on. You know, Gamaliel in the Book of Acts, he said, he said, he said, he put the, he took Peter and the and, the, and uh, I forget who was with Peter. He said, set them out for a moment. And let me talk to you guys. So they 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 took the apostles and they put them out. And he says, look, remember so and so. He said he was the Messiah. And he took all those people and they went out to the desert and then they all died. If this is God, stop unless you be found to fight against God. But if it's not of God, don't worry, it'll come to nothing. Because God's word will come to pass. So here's Joseph. Now, we went with the subtitle, The Joseph Effect. We begin to look at the life of Joseph. Guess what? Joseph was no different than you. People want to people read stories in the Bible of people of men, great men like Joseph. And you don't read in there where Joseph was... Beating against the, the side of the cart as he's been dragged across the desert. Screaming, why? What did I do? He went from being possessed with, 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 with anguish and, and, and scared to now he's in the desert dying almost of thirst walking across to Egypt and he begins to get angry. What did I do to deserve this? Why is this happening? And I'm going to take the liberty to say he began to remember his dream. And he began to remember that prophecy. Now, whether he understood what that meant, I don't think he did. But he knew it meant everything would eventually be okay. You see, we don't know what we're walking through, but if we can anchor our faith in the truth, anchor our faith in prophecy, which is the Bible, by the way. When we walk through the trials and we're angry, we can sin not. When we deal with opposition from people we love, we can stand fast. Unmovable. That's the Joseph effect. Joseph carried on. He was 17 when he rose to power with Pharaoh. He was 30. For 13 years, he carried on through adversity. I don't know how long he was with Potiphar or how long he was with in prison, but 13 years total. He goes through this. Listen, I've only been preaching 10 years. I still got three years to go to even match Joseph. And 10 years feels like a long time when you're my age. 13 years of nothing. No fellowship. No church. No sacrificing to the Lord. No family. No love. No love. He had to find contact. He had to make contact with God to get the love he needed. Sometimes we are called to walk through things that where there is no person that can give you the love you need except for Christ. I've been there, saints of God. Nobody can, nobody on earth can take a position of, say, a parent but Christ. And sometimes when you can't get that, you gotta go to God directly to Christ. Say, Lord, I need this. It's okay. It's okay to be in that position. Say, Lord, I need this love. I need you to wrap me in your fatherly arms and hold me close because I can't walk this way. We have some, we have, I have a, a, my family back home. Um, it's my cousin and, 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 uh, and uh, it's her, her daughter. She's four years old and she just was just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. They got to prick her several times a day when she eats. She has a monitor on her arm. One afternoon, boom. Now they have a life-changing thing. Unless God heals her, their forever, their life is forever different. And I and I I was in the car and I was listening to that song, The Waymaker, and I was thinking about Isaac and Kristen and and and, and little Efa. And I begin to pray and, and God just kind of under inspiration, I begin to realize we sing that song, Waymaker, in the context of we're facing adversity, God will make a way through. But I flipped it around under inspiration. I said, He's the maker of our way. Amen. He has called us to walk away. And He made that way before the foundation of the world. You can trust Him. You can trust Him as you walk that way because He is the maker of the way. And I encouraged him. I said, I oh, hope I'm not being presumptuous or callous. But God, before the foundation of the world, knew you would be walking through this trial. And he He, made that way. Amen. He said, this is the way. They'll walk into the into urgent care. And urgent care will tell them to go to the hospital. And then at the hospital, they'll meet. a. But I'm going to put a doctor. They put a doctor who happens to have type 1 diabetes. And he was the one. He was their main doctor. Talk about compassion from him. Set everything in motion along the way. And there's a future to come. We don't know what the next weeks and the months and the years are going to bring. But we do know that God, oh praise God, God already set that in motion. Before the foundation of the world, God set your way in motion. And no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're going, no matter what you're facing. He already made a way. I had my life figured out, saints of God. I knew exactly what my future was going to be. And then God came around and says... Turn it upside down with a single scripture. Turned my life upside down. It takes a while when God shows you where you see all oh, revelation, and it comes instantly. No, God showed showed me something in the scripture, and I had to wrestle with it for over a year, year to two years. I had to wrestle. Then when it came down to the to, to the to the crux, to the peak of it, I would lay and, and weep and saying, "How can this be?" Everything I knew completely dismantled. All I could do was say, God, if you call me to do it, I will walk the way. And then a minister, he was testifying and he was talking about a time where God called him to do something very hard. And he was reminded of that scripture where Jesus says, I will drink the cup, basically. God called, and that was was the moment there. God gave me the victory to realize, as hard as it would be, God, we'll drink the cup. As hard as it will be to face what you're going through, remember, God has called you to it. You see, people want the will of God when it means moving to Hawaii. But can you accept the will of God? Pardon me for using this expression. When Mary walks in pregnant, Will you trust God's word when God says, Look? And it was undeniable, Saints of God. Plain English, black ink. It was undeniable. But it was contrary to everything I knew. You see, we say, Oh, we know. We have it figured out. Then God comes along. You have to be open. You see, you can't put God's will for your life in a little box. Say, This is God's will. Always oh, look at that pretty box. And you're going, you're wondering, what's wrong? What's going on? And God's over here, outside of your box, saying, looky here, son. Over here. Go this way. Always keep an open heart to God's will. God might ask you to move to Timbuktu. God might ask you tomorrow, look, I want you to move to Barrow, Alaska. There's no church there, so I don't know if he would do that, but. That's on the other side of the Arctic Circle, in case you're wondering. It's dark for eight months straight. (laughs) It's light for four months straight, but... God might ask you to do something you never considered. But we just have to say, okay, Lord, I'll carry on. So here's Joseph carrying on. If you look through the life of Joseph, you see spiritual endurance. Consistency. That is the hardest thing to do, is be consistent. Because guess what? Consistent gets really boring. Oh, here we are today. Devotions again. Sunday again. But you see, you need to pray God give you the right eyes and ears because it's not the same thing every time. You see... He was not perfect. Joseph was not perfect. He had to wrestle with forgiveness. And if you read later on in the in in the book of Genesis, when he when he comes to the place where his brothers are there in Egypt, he starts to put them through the the ringer, puts them in prison, and all this stuff, and causes havoc. People want want to want to want to take the angle. He was just spiritual, and he was testing them. He was mad, and he was having a hard time forgiving them. At the same time, he wanted to see what they were made of, right? Two-edged, double-edged sword. He had to wrestle with forgiveness when he's down at the bottom of the chain in Potiphar's house. A slave. He went from the pride and joy of daddy with a coat of many colors to number 42. God had to teach him humility. God had to break him down. You see, how could Joseph go through that, you want to say? Because that's what God had. That was the way God chose to move in Joseph's life. So you see, consistency, not perfect, but victorious. Every day, putting his flesh under submission. He found forgiveness. He was wrongfully accused. You see, you have the Joseph effect in your life. Wrongly accused. You have to forgive. You have to be be consistent serving God. You need spiritual endurance. You need the Joseph effect in your life. Joseph was prosperous. He was blessed. Both him and Potiphar. The Bible says God blessed Potiphar for Joseph's sake. So Joseph... You know, Then next thing, you know, Joseph's wrongfully accused of doing something that Joseph, as a righteous man, stood stood very strongly against. She said, he raped me, basically. Tried to rape me. Can you imagine being a righteous, godly man, and you're being accused of that? Then you got to wrestle with your own self. Wrongfully accused. Thrown in prison. Everything he worked for, he made Potiphar, who Potiphar was if you will. And now he's just psh, off to prison. In prison, wrestling with, with his, his anguish. And Lord, I thought I had arrived. I thought I made it. And God, you're breaking me down again. Pushing him down again. But what did Joseph do? What does the Bible say next? He found grace in the eyes of the keeper. He found victory in his consistency. He found victory in his spiritual endurance because he knew God is the maker of the way. Amen. And that God will give us the strength that we need. First dream, he, then, he, then he gets lifted up and, 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 and the butler and the baker come in. Now, I want you to see here again, and I'm, I'm closing here in a few minutes if, if I'm losing you. I'm closing Wink, wink. here he is he gets wrongfully accused and thrown in prison goes from high back down to low and then to make matters worse the butler and the baker come in and he says hey remember me you know he, it fills their dreams and let me tell you his, his, his human brain was working saying so, well he works next to uh, Pharaoh I've been wrongly accused if he could talk to Pharaoh he begins to get hope again I might get out of this place And the Bible says, two years later, two years later, again, his hopes dashed. Because you see, it's not what we figure out our future would be. We say, oh, this is perfect. I'll do this. I'll meet this person over here. I'll go over here. and I'll do this. And then boom, I'll be the king. David probably thought he had it figured out until that javelin struck the wall four inches from his head. Wow, I'm playing for the king. Next step, you know, Joseph, Jonathan loves me like a brother, so he'll, he'll be like, no, you have the throne. I'll step right in, Saul will die. Saul will pass on the kingdom to me. I'll go from the harp player. It'll be a great story. I'll go from the harp player to the king, and then he's running for his life. See, when the unexpected happens, God is there to guide us through it. <clears throat> And we see his dreams come to pass completely when his family moves to Egypt. And, and so his brothers bow to him and then his entire family does because he was second in command, basically. And this is the quote I was going to mention earlier, the Patmos vision. He says, Now long ago a man said to me that the Roman Catholic Church had to be the true church as it had been true to what it believed over all the years and kept on growing and not changing. That isn't so at all. Any church with the government behind it and with its own creed, which isn't the word at all with no manifested ministry to cause the devil to get aroused, could surely carry on. That was not a criterion. But when you think of that little group whose members were sawn asunder, fed to lions, persecuted and driven from pillar to post and yet stayed true to the word. Now, definitely that would have to be God. How they survived their battle of faith and carried on still. That is the miracle. And this comfort is not for the seven church-age messengers only. Every true believer is in the hand of God and can draw from His love and power and receive the full benefit of all that God is to the believer. What God gives the messenger and how He blesses and uses the messenger is an example to all believers of His goodness and care to all members of His body. See, it's not just for the messenger. It's for you. Saints, this is the carrying Musicians want to come this morning. This is the carrying on time. We're called to just keep walking on. Nothing big per se is happening. But the big thing that's happening right now is your ability to persevere. This is where God's going to put His bride through the test to see, to show the world she will keep carrying on. There isn't any more big new thing. It's the Word of God. It's revival for you personally. You have to find that position. You have to find that encouragement. It's you and God. Because guess what? You have been married to Christ. It's just you and Him. That's what God wants. That's why we are where we are today. Because God just wants that intimate fellowship with you. He doesn't want you to to be a big thing and a big group. No, it's you and God because you're married to Him and you are receiving that seed for you to express Christ. You say, Lord, I need more patience with my wife or I need more patience with my kids or I need need forgiveness or I need compassion. Get in the room with Christ because He is all those things wrapped up into one. My title was Their Finest Hour. You can go find a speech by Winston Churchill. Basically, they're facing complete adversity. They're the last ones left in Europe to not be underneath Nazi rule. France has just fallen, and he steps into the House of Commons in, in June 18th, 1940. And he begins to give a speech to the British people. The U.S. can't enter the war. They can't help And He closes his speech with these words. The battle of France is over. I expect the battle of Britain is about to begin. Upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. I believe he was anointed of God to say these words. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our institutions and our empire. The whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. 200,000 demons were released at the river Euphrates. All hell's guns are trained on you. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. The devil knows he has to break you or lose the war. But guess what? We know he already has. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be free and the life of the world may move forward into broad, sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and care for, will sink sink into the abyss of a new dark age, made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. You see how perfectly this parallels our walk today. Let us therefore, say to God, I I speak these words, encourage my heart to encourage you. It's from a man, not in the, the message. Years pass, years pass away, but I believe anointed for this day. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties. And so bear ourselves that if the British Empire, if my Christian walk and its commonwealth lasts for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. Today, this is your finest hour. Shamgar. What is the only scripture about him? We don't hear about the beginning of his life or the ending of his life. We just hear about the worst part of his life. Why? Because it was his finest hour. Where are you today carrying on? You think, oh, there's there's nothing exciting. (laughs) This is your finest hour. Next time the devil comes along, I have to tell you, see, there's nothing coming. Oh, the Lord hadn't come yet. 1977 has passed. And look at you and all this stuff. And, you know, maybe those people are right. Stand up. Oh, stand up and say, today is my finest hour. I'm sorry, saints. I don't mean to be a show, but it just gets me so excited to think, do you know who you are? This is a burden on my heart, saints of God. Do you realize the power you hold? Do you really understand it? Do you get it? You are the bride
3: of Christ.
4: Stop being underprivileged. Stop accepting defeat. This is your finest hour. Don't let the devil take it from you. You stand between, oh, as a father and a husband, you stand between the world and your family. Between, right on the edge of the dark abyss. Oh, the devil's waiting there, saints. My kids are still young, but it's the day we live in. It doesn't matter how young they are. The devil's waiting there to grab them. The devil's waiting you to make you as a husband and a father stumble to a place you can't get back up. But you say, God, I need your grace in this hour. You see, why is it your finest hour? Because it's your weakest. That was Britain's Britain's weakest hour. But it was their finest they had nothing to do. They were taking up pitchforks to fight. They didn't have enough guns, enough armor. But it was their finest hour. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, not forgive me, Lord. I don't mean to get emotion just toward the people of God. How this speaks to me. Or the times I've walked through, Lord broken, empty. But God, as time goes on, I look back and see that was my finest hour, Lord. I pray for your people here this morning, Lord. It wouldn't just be another Sunday with another visiting preacher who's getting excited. God, it would be your word. That would touch our hearts. What are we, Lord? What are we without you? Let our brother Keith talk about the sealed package. Oh God, that just spoke to my heart. To know that what you've sealed within us can't get out. No matter what we face, no matter how hard they try to rip the package open, they can't do it because you've sealed it. Oh God, I ask, oh Jesus, those today that are standing on the edge, considering a jump into the dark abyss, whether it be a spirit of suicide or a spirit of spiritual suicide. Lord, I pray you come and pull them from the edge, Lord Jesus. Lord, that they would find new life within You, Lord Jesus. Father, Your heart is yearning and You desire a relationship with us because we are Your lovely lady. But we get down in our flesh and we become underprivileged and we throw that back in Your face. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Father. Oh Lord, I feel such a stirring this morning. Lord, what would you have to do? What would you have to say, Lord? Help us to be open to you, Lord Jesus. Softly now, can we sing that song? Come away, my love. Y'all know
3: that one.
0: Come away, my. Come away, my love. I have waited for this day and I could give you your name. Eternity awaits us. Come away. angels gather for the celebration there. The pride is almost ready in spotless white array. A hush falls over heaven as the groom begins to He gave you your new
3: name
0: Eternity awaits us Come away my love I have loved you from creation Long before you came to be I carried that love with me All the way to Calvary Though it wasn't over When they laid me in the tomb I proved my love would never die When I rose again for you For this day, when I can give you your new name, eternity awaits us. Come away, my love. For this day, when I can give you your new name, eternity awaits us, come away, my love. Let's sing this verse here. I have loved you from creation, long before you came to be.
1: Carried
0: that love with me All the way to Calvary And though it wasn't over When they laid me in the tomb I proved my love would never die When I rose again for you Come away
1: this morning i truly believe with everything in me saints that he is getting us ready because it is getting so close i couldn't help but sit there and think yesterday evening i heard a couple things on the news that um i think one of them was in in new jersey um a mother had had to go to court because they had suspended her middle school, middle school, we're talking middle school here, son, because he used the wrong pronoun with another student. And then in another state, a mother had gone before the school board because she was greatly upset about the curriculum that was being taught in this, this high school class. I think her daughter was 15. I can't remember exactly where this state was, but the school board had her taken and, and physically removed from the meeting because she was reading directly from the curriculum that was being taught. And they removed her because they said the language was too vulgar for the meeting. It was okay in the classroom to teach the kids, but it was too vulgar in a room full of adults. Where have we come to, saints? We are so blessed that God has sealed us and that God... Oh, I just, I just thank Him so much. I just love Him so much. I, this world has become so repulsive. There, there's nothing to get excited about down here anymore. And as he said, we're in that delay. That we're, We've had the exciting start. And we're looking forward to that exciting finish. But we have to keep pressing on. Amen. I, Brother Chris, I just really, really enjoyed that. That was... Amen. God help us. God help us. Let's sing that. Uh, just before we dismiss that, uh, Pressing On. <clears throat> I'm going to keep
0: pressing on. Oh, I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep pressing on. Keep pressing on Oh, I'm gonna keep pressing on I'm gonna keep pressing on To the higher calling of my Lord Oh, now Satan tries to stop me Turn me aside There's no need for you to go on, why do you even try? Even if there was a rapture, you'd never make it in. Oh, but I just say, Satan, that only proves you're a liar again. I'm gonna keep pressing on, on and on and on. I'm gonna keep pressing higher calling of my Lord Oh, now Satan tries to stop me, turn me aside There's no need for you to go on, why do you even try Even if there was a rapture, you'd never make it in But I just say, Satan that only proves you're a liar again I'm gonna keep pressing on Oh, I'm gonna keep pressing on I'm gonna keep pressing on To the higher calling of my Lord Oh, saints, we're gonna keep pressing on you're going to keep pressing on Hallelujah Oh, we're going to keep pressing on We're going to keep pressing on To the high calling of my Lord
1: Amen Hallelujah I'm going to have Brother Aaron come up Just dismiss us in a word of prayer I can truly say it has certainly been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Just keep pressing on, saints. The battle's going to get harder, but we know what's, what's coming at the, at the end. And the beauty of it is, is all these trials and all these things that you're going through now and that you're dealing with, there's going to come a time when He wipes that tear from your eyes. For the last time, you'll never remember it. Not one thing, everything in this earth will be forgotten. How wonderful that is to look forward to. God bless you, Saints. Remember, Church Wednesday night. Uh, we'll have Brother Aaron dismiss us in a word of prayer here. Remember our pastor and uh, the families uh, that will be making their way back.
5: God bless you, Saints. Uh, just before we pray, I just want to say the difference between the Ukraine army and the Afghanistan army is the willingness to fight and the willingness to survive. They all had ammunition, but the other one, they were not willing to survive. But the other one, they were willing to die for their freedom. Are you willing this afternoon? The word has come. Everything is there. It's up to you, your desire to press on. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you this afternoon, Lord Jesus, for the word that came this morning, oh God, to to give us what we need, oh God, to press on in this journey, Lord, to make it, Father. For we know, O God, that we have not come this way before, but we follow that pillar of fire. When it moves, we move. When it stops, we stop. And Lord, we saw it moving this morning, oh God. Encouraging us, telling us, oh God, to keep pressing on, to keep going. Like Enoch of old, who kept walking, walking, walking. Until in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, he was changed. Father, we know that one of these days, in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, we shall be changed. I pray that you will give us, oh God, the power, oh God, and the, and the will, Father, to fight and to overcome. As we go through the week, oh Father, we want to take each step with you, oh Lord. One singer said, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. I pray that you bless our week, oh God. Bless those that are traveling. Bless those that are traveling back, oh God. I pray that you may be with us. May your presence and may your anointing be with us, Father, as we go, oh God. Out there, where we are in the heat of the battle. We know that because you live, we shall live also. Because you overcome, we shall overcome also. We thank you. We give you praise. Bless the congregation. We commit ourselves into your hands. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
1: God bless you, saints. We're just going to sing this as you go. Through it all
0: Through it all I've learned I've learned to trust in God